Today's video is sort of a monologue and ramble of sorts, although I think it is something that is quite pressing because it seems that at least online, every four years come time for the ritualistic election season, chest-thumping and clanging of swords and sabers that come with our election cycle, I can't help but notice, and even more so since 2020, and with good reason, the competing nature of when to say things are happening and when they are not. For those of you who are not online, every time that there is something in the news, there are usually two camps that will come in to play very quickly. Those two camps are usually something along the lines of, it's happening versus it's not happening. Most of the time, the not happening gang tends to win out quite well on these things. But this is in part because it makes it so easy to look at the past and see how our minds have been easily warped to look at every headline as if this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. At the time of recording this video, for instance, one year ago from January 2024 to last year in January 2023, we were dealing with the Chinese spy balloon that flew over the United States and the rather slow response to handle it, and the American military shooting it down after it flew over the United States for about a week. Now, it's crazy to think that that doesn't have much larger-scale implications for U.S.-Chinese relations, but it does illustrate how quickly we are to sweep things under the rug. I've talked about this quite often, that I find ourselves constantly looking at the present and the future, and our ability to have long-form understandings of the past or even contemporary issues fades away to the wayside as we focus on the here and the now, and more importantly, the question for when things will finally pop off or when things will finally end. If there is one big thing that I have noticed in these spaces of writers, commentators, essayists, live streamers, all those looking at the news, both for punditry, but also to read the international tea leaves as to what may come next, has been a competing list of people going after what the end of the world might look like. And not just the world, but the end of the regime, the end of the current international liberal world order, the idea that something new will emerge out of the ashes that we are currently in, or that the Dark Ages are soon upon us. These competing levels of eschatologies, these competing individuals claiming about regime fragility to turbo-America, all illustrate the same arguments over and over again about what we might see, the same question being asked, how soon is now? When will these things come to pass? Nothing happens or are we finally going to get ready to go into the Third World War, and thus the end of the world as we know it? Such prognoses can be helpful. They do serve a purpose because it allows us to look for things like warnings and indicators as to how things are actually being stress-tested in real time. The world is not the world that our parents grew up in, let alone the peace and security that our grandparents had, despite constantly living under the aspect that the world could end at any time, and the flash of thousands of nuclear weapons going off all over the world. But on the other hand, I can't help but think to myself, do we simply just enjoy playing Cassandra? 
Do we like making our predictions, hoping that someone inside the kingdom of Troy might hear us and then ignore us? That way we can smugly say that we were right six to seven to eight months down the line, or even five years down the line, if you've got really good political instincts. This isn't to say that individuals enjoy playing Cassandra, although it is certainly fun to prognosticate and to make predictions, and also to hedge our bets in case that we are wrong. But all this focus on the apocalypse, all this focus that comes in every major election cycle in America, is the same thing I've heard from the left time and time again, that this is the most important election of our lifetimes. The right finally seems to understand what that actually means on an existential level. And so I certainly cannot blame people for going after the world as they know it, and looking around, seeing the crumbling infrastructure, the ongoing articles about the competency crisis, and the lack of technological capabilities that can match up to the ongoing problems of today, meaning that finally we are beginning to look behind the cracks and notice that all this technological progress has been nothing more than a sweet fragrance and aroma, a kind of burial myrrh, that is put alongside the rotting corpse of our social order in the Western world. Both in Europe and America, we see this quite plain as day. We can enjoy every consumer good or technological advancement that we can be provided for us by our various companies, our various forms of entertainment and technological development, but that doesn't change the fact that for the average Westerner, the feeling that the end is nigh and near can't really be shaken. Everyone has their own form of how things will end. Some even say that we're going to just simply progress along a casual gradient, slowly but surely as things get worse, before an eventual sudden roll-off and collapse will come. Others say, outside of an ongoing form of warfare or some other kind of outside cataclysm, you can't force some kind of retro world wherein the dangers of our current technology can be reversed back. But even the regime itself knows that it cannot go on like this forever and is trying to course correct, whether it be discussions over conscription and trying to maintain military service and numbers as recruitment is at an all-time low, to individuals like Peter Zihan writing in his book The End of the World is Just Beginning, saying, don't worry about how bad things will be. We can just immigrate ourselves out of this problem by bringing more people in as populations collapse and the need for labor skilled and unskilled continues to demand. These ideas that the world that we live in can continue despite the end has some basis in our own understanding of eschatology in the West, whether it be pre-Christian or otherwise. Whether you believe in a wheel of samsara, cyclical history, or the coming of the anointed one once again to judge the quick and the dead, is entirely up to your own personal, political, and religious persuasion. However, I can't help but think when it comes to the issues of competing eschatologies, we're all meteorologists for the apocalypse, giving our predictions of a 30% chance of rain here and a 25% chance of acid rain and migration collapse, and Lord only knows really what else in the next coming, well, at any point in time, really. Not to say that weathermen or meteorologists get everything wrong at the same time, 
but it is one of the few jobs on this earth where you can be wrong somewhat consistently while still being employed. Now, this isn't to call out any one specific of my peers. Lord knows I have made predictions and arguments for why things will go a certain way that so far have not happened. This is why I don't usually consider myself a predictor, more of an analyst, if anything else. But when it comes to the issue of the apocalypse and the prediction of when things will finally end, I think it is safe to say that most things have certainly ended as it is already. We do not live in the post-World War II comforts of security and trying to rebuild ourselves in a baby boom. We do not live in the sort of hyper-capitalist optimism of Ronald Reagan's 1980s America. And if we try to tell ourselves the comforting little lie that if we just went back to the 90s, things would be okay, we both know legally, politically, demographically, that going back to the 1990s would still have us running into the same issues that we have today in the 2020s. Whatever may come, apocalypse or otherwise, the question that one has to ask themselves is, are you working? The age has not yet ended, although I imagine it is sooner rather than later for when this current period of political and relative social stability will come crashing down on us like the end of Rome. Now, that doesn't mean that the next St. Augustine is writing his City of God just yet, but it does tell us that certain things are on the horizon because we are capable of looking at more pictures and puzzle pieces that allow us to have a greater image that's in here, a greater gestalt of what's happening. But for me, especially as a Christian, I can't help but think about the parable of the talents, one of the many ways in which Christ tells his disciples about what it is going to be like when we are judged. Uh, three men given their talents, five talents, two talents, and one talent. The first two, the one with the five and the two talents, make their money back after what they've given. You know, I, I had five and I made five. I have two and I have made two. To which Christ tells both of these men, You have done well, my good and faithful servant. But for the last man, the man who now sees that those other two, despite having differences among them, that they were rewarded and praised the same, he had buried his talent. And he was called out, being wicked and lazy and eventually condemned. I can't help but think of that all the time when I see these predictions about the apocalypse. The master wants to see you working. The master wants to see you doing something. Whether you believe in the Christian God or not, no one knows that they're going to be okay if they sit there and do nothing and sit there and bury their skills and waging away at things that are unproductive and useless. It's not that you can immunitize the eschaton just in your head, although Lord knows you shouldn't be doing that, because if you constantly act like the world is going to end tomorrow, it's very hard to prepare for the next day. This is the same problem that you see in a lot of contemporary pop music, where they say that nothing about tomorrow matters at all. There go, why don't we just waste the night away on drinks, loose women, and acting like nothing else really matters, despite the fact that both of you know, deep down in the back of your minds, that you're somehow going to wake up with a massive hangover, regrets, and potentially a doctor's visit that you really don't want to tell anyone about. There is plenty still to do. 
alongside knowing that there is much we cannot do. We have been given our talents. Now when we can network and talk with other people, 2023 and the years prior, I think, have given the ultimate lesson that if we have our talents and we have been given what is necessary for us to do, then we can build in the real world. This doesn't just mean coordinating with others and building businesses or projects, but also focusing on the self. You are no good if you can't lift heavy things. You are no good if you do not have technical knowledge and expertise that can help you navigate a world that is getting increasingly more hectic and less trustworthy amongst fellow men and neighbors. Having skills that make you a leader, not just in the ability of good management skills or leadership in commanding a crowd, but being reliable, competent, trustworthy, and all of the things that come with that in your own confidence matters. We have to strive to hear more than just the words that you hear or see on screen. We have been given these talents because whatever time left there may be, there is still certainly more work to be done and work to do. In my real world, of course, I garden. I spend my time outdoors building and helping others with what they need as well. The church where I go to is working on a food cooperative, so we have a ways and means to feed one another via our own hands in case things were to be bad in terms of supply chain crises, food prices, or just a collapse of general problems, whatever they may be. That way we have a way to make sure that our own are taken care of first, and that whoever needs it has the help that they need in order to do so. The same can be said for those that are working towards cancellation insurance, individuals trying to find companies or start towns or take over small areas in the country to where the trustworthy, the competent, and the reliable can be found. This, of course, all leads back to the same problems I've discussed in other videos as well, that we can deracinate ourselves quite easily. We can amputate our mind and our sense of self away from the world around us and inhabit an extra space outside of the physical world online. It's a great place to organize. It's a great place to meet like-minded friends. The question becomes, can you transcend that extra-dimensional space from the digital to the real. 2024 is going to be one hectic year. I say this at the beginning of this year, and this video itself could age quite poorly depending on what happens in the next 11 months. However, regardless of an election, the ongoing crises in the Middle East, alongside every other personal political problem that you may have in your own country or even in your own locality, we have been given a great opportunity with the time that we have left to ensure that we have the skills, the networks, and the capabilities to endure whatever may come, whether it happens in the next six months or in the next six generations. We must have that mindset to think about the future. The mindset that says what I am doing is not just for me, but for those that come after me and those that come after them and so on, at a six-fold level. For me, it is quite simple to take care of others and to make sure that I myself am in a way and fashion that can help others around me, but also to stand up and to be an effective leader when the time comes to help others 
whether that's looking for money and grant writing as I do in my real life job, or just to make sure I have enough things stored away in a freezer somewhere that if one of my friends at church needs some food or assistance, I have the capability to help them when necessary. We have been given our talents, and I know that there are plenty screaming online and in the streets that the end is nigh, but no man knoweth the hour. But whatever you may do, whatever progress you make in your real life as well as your online world, know what you are striving for is not just for your own lifetime, but for those after you. All that we really do want to hear at the end of it all, regardless of whenever the end may come, is to know that you have done as much as you can to help those around you, your family, your friends, and those that you consider your people. And that really, at the end of it all, we may hear the phrase, Well done, my good and faithful servant.